to do. Just giving them time to sit down. As Cathy explained, we are going to have a Heart for the House offering once a year for those visiting. We, there's no pressure whatsoever, but we just believe that uh, part of our worship is giving. And once a year in January, we have a just a special offering where we can give to see God do even greater things in the house. And we'll be doing that later. And the envelopes will have, if you look in the wee slip, you can either pledge for the, to pay something over the whole year, or you can give a gift today. But it just helps us to plan and look ahead for the future and what we can do in here. If you've not been in so far this year, then where have you been? No, I don't mean that. Okay, it's good to see you, but just to give an update for us in 2020 here in your life, I believe Acts 2020 was a key verse. It said when Paul was speaking to Ephesian people, elders, and he says, I did not shrink back. We believe it's a year not to shrink back, but a year more than that to embrace and grasp hold of everything that's ahead of us and face it head on and pursue and, and, and take new ground and to do greater things and not to shrink back when things come. But it's a year where we're going to embrace everything that's coming. We're going to embrace God and everything that's happening and all that he's got for us. And embracing God also means embracing God's house and embracing God's house. And today we're having a heart for the house, embracing God's house. To embrace means to accept something willingly or enthusiastically or willingly and enthusiastically would be even better. But it's to embrace it. It's like, come on, I'm, I'm not going back and saying no. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. I'm embracing this. This is, this is what we're about and this is what we're going to do. And for the first month, uh, we've been embracing God in many ways in our prayer, in our fasting and seeking God. But also embracing God means embracing God's house, God's temple, which is the church. Now I'm going to read the first chapter from the book of Haggai, which we know is the plural of Haggis. And I'm going to read it because yesterday was Bond's Day, so I thought it was appropriate to read Haggai. On August the 29th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. The people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Look at what's happening to you. You've planted much but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you are putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. 
while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills and a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you've worked so hard to get. And Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jehua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. For they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. They began to work in the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. On September 21st, the second year of King Darius's reign. Portion here in the background now is that God's people had started building a temple for God, God's house in that setting. They started building that temple, started building something for it, but then opposition came, they'd stopped it, they gave up. Um, things happened, stopped them doing it. Apathy, opposition, whatever it was. And then Haggai comes and along with Zechariah begins a, a campaign to get it finished and he admonishes the Zerubbabel, the leader, and he comes and says, listen, it's time to build again. It's time to finish what you started. It's still time. It's time to build God's house. It's time for God's house to be complete. It's time to get a heart again for the house of God and to do something about what you started. And I believe today it's a day to embrace God and embrace his house in a new way, in an even bigger way, in a fresher way than ever before. I believe there's things we've maybe started and with dreams and plans we've had and we've held back or withdrawn either individually or corporately. But I believe it's a day to embrace the house of God again and to build up the kingdom of God and the house of God. I believe there's a word coming. I believe it's a word in season from, from God saying, it's time, maybe you've started something, it's time to get on. Again. It's time to get up again. It's time to finish what you started. It's time to fulfill the plans and the dreams and the goals and embrace a new day and embrace God and embrace his house in a new way. I believe that's where we're at and I believe that's what God is saying and I'm not going to speak for that long today, but there's three points within this. And first of all, what was happening and it was wrong voices they were listening to. Wrong voices they were listening to was the first problem. God is saying here, the people, this is God says, the people are saying that the time to rebuild is not yet. The time to rebuild, the people are saying, it's not yet. I want to tell you, to build up your life, your calling, your ministry, your family, your career, your business, if you're in the building up business, there will always be negative voices to come that stop you. There will always be voices that come and say, no, not yet. And it's like an apathy. It's like, I can't be bothered. And what happened? They get into a comfortable lifestyle. This is no, but quite comfortable where we are. And I want to tell you, whenever you make a decision to build something, to do something, to go and break ground, to do something fresh and new, there will always be voices telling you, no, don't do it. Don't go there. It's not time. But I believe it's time. I believe there's a word from God that it's time to go again. And don't listen to the negative voices that are around you. It's time to build again. The people 
a saying. Listen, I trust you have been reading Proverbs this month. We have our readings for Proverbs this month, and there's some incredible wisdom within the of Proverbs. Um, I was going to do something yesterday, and I wasn't feeling like it, and Cathy says, why are you not embracing wisdom and doing what you should do? It's terrible when your wife rebukes you. No, it's terrible when your wife rebukes you and she's right. That's what's, that was the problem, not her rebuking me, but the fact that she was right was what was the problem. But this is what Proverbs chapter 10 particularly says. It says, the words of the godly are life-giving fountain. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The words of the godly encourage many. The mouth of the godly give wise advice. The words and the lips of the godly give helpful words. Listen, it depends. It's important who you listen to and the voices that you listen to. And I've just got a word this morning that voices are coming in and saying, no, it's not time, or you can't, or maybe wait to this, wait to that, wait till the kids are up, maybe you can get more money, maybe to this happens. And I want to tell you, God's word said, it's time to go again. It's time to build something in your life. It's time to do something incredible and something significant for God. And if you're embracing God, I want to tell you, you embrace life-giving words. God is a life-giving words. You know, there have been times in my life where God has rebuked me or corrected me. Now, I know you find that hard to believe that I needed those moments in my life. Okay, but there have been a couple of times where God has rebuked me and spoken to me in a personal way. And it is a rebuke. It's a correction. But I want to tell you, each time that God has done that, and it's more than twice, but each time God has spoken to me in that way, I want to tell you, it's not to destroy me. It's not to knock me down. It's not to speak death over my life. It's not to keep me in a down and say I'm a bad person. Because every time he's spoken a word of correction to me, he's finished with a word of lift, which says, come on, Jim, let's go again. You're better than this. And even though I'm rebuking you and I'm telling you off, that's not the story. That's not where I want to end. I want to restore you, Jim. I want you to go again. I want you to lift up your head again. Because even though this is wrong, what you've been doing and where you're at, I want want you to come and when I respond in a way that says yes Lord you're right and I'm wrong he comes with a word that says Jim it's time to go again it's time to rise high again because even though I'm down you're not leaving you down I'm lifting you up God's words are life given and if you've got words in your life spoken over to you which are death and defeatist I want to tell you it's not God because God is into life giving words God is into speaking life and get people around you who speak life. We want to be a church which speaks life. Individually, collectively, it's time to start building again. And the visions and dreams we had to go again and to build them again. Wrong voices, then wrong choices were made. Wrong choices. The problem with God's people here is that the priorities had gone askew. Things had changed in their life and they were comfortable and apathetic to God's house. And this is what God says here. Why are you living in luxurious houses for my house lies in ruins? Caution. God's not opposed to you having a good house, a driving good cars, a going six holidays a year. But if that's your priority, that's what's wrong. See, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 30, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It says, and all these things will be added to you. 
but it's seeking first. It's what comes first. That was the problem here. See, God's problem here was not why you're living in luxurious houses, full stop. That was not God's issue here. It's why you're staying in luxurious houses and looking after yourselves when my house lies in ruins. Why are you embracing your house without embracing my house? Why are you all about your house and your life and me, 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 instead of looking and saying, God, you come first and we're going to build something significant and we're going to embrace your house because you're number one in our life and when we connect with you, we're not just embracing you, but your temple, your place where you dwell, where your presence is, where your glory is, that's what we need to embrace and we need to put you first, God. And God says, your problem is you're just caught up with your own lives and your own selves and what you're doing and you've let go of my house and me and you're not embracing my house and God says it's not the problem is not your house the problem is my house and your attitude towards my house you don't care anymore you're not embracing my house and it's time to come again and say look it's time to embrace God's house it's time to embrace and have a heart for the house again you started but then you've the the, the flame if the, the passion has gone and it's time as the psalmist says to have a zeal for your house which consumes me we need to come again and say God I love you but I've got a passion and a zeal for your house and it consumes me and whatever my priorities are in life, it's not about my life and my small world, my priorities in life will become a zeal for your house to see your presence, your glory, your kingdom extended, my heart is becoming not me, 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 but God, you, 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 and it's okay to have an interest in yourself and we need that, but if your priority is your house and what you're doing and what your plans are, God says, why are you living like that? It's time to build again. It's time to put me first and it's time to embrace my house again in a fresh and a new way. That's what God is basically saying to this people. You sing the song, but your actions don't really mean what you're singing. And then he goes on, you wonder why you've got problems? It's because you put yourself first. Things have not worked out the way you wanted because my house lies in ruins, so the Lord of heaven's armies. While all of you are busy building your own house, you've forgotten my house. Your priorities are the problem. Who's glad they came to church this morning to hear this message? I believe it's a word in season from God. It's time to embrace God's house again. Listen, there's no condemnation in the house. Maybe your passion for the house is gone. Maybe it's just dwindled. But it's where I want to tell you, we're still at the beginning of another year. Okay, next Sunday's February, so this is your last chance in January to make a difference. Hey, Christmas is around the corner. Hey. We've got an extra day to prepare for it this year. But listen, I believe you can make a decision right still in January. I'm going to embrace God's house in a measure. Yes, there's a bit of passion and zeal has gone, but Lord, I'm going to embrace the house of God again. I'm going to have a heart for the house. I'm embracing God in a fresh way, and I'm going to embrace you and your house in a new way. And God did something great here. They had the wrong voices, the wrong choices, but the right responses. It just goes to show that two wrongs can lead to a right. They don't make a right, but two wrongs can lead to a right. They had the right responses when God's word came and spoke to them and reminded them. And I want to tell you, a blessing comes from obedience. They obeyed 
God's word. They obeyed what God said. They came and they responded in the right way to what God said. You know that God blesses obedience. You know, God is into obedience. God blesses obedience. There was a New Testament scripture in 1 Samuel when Saul had brought some kind of offering to God, brought something, but not what he was told to bring. And these are the words of Samuel. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? He says, listen, obedience is better than your sacrifice. Submission better than the offering the fat of lambs. Ecclesiastes says, guard your steps. When you go to the house of God, better to approach in obedience than to offer the sacrifices as fools do. They do it in ignorance. Listen, sometimes God asks you to do things sacrificially. And if he's saying it, do it. But I want us to be a people who are obedient and actors on what God says. Last week, if you were here, I did say, pray this week and ask God what he wants you to give in our heart for the house offering. And I'd rather that you obeyed God today. If he only, well, whatever he said to you to put in. I mean, rather than sacrifices 10 grand. Though if you want to put 10 grand in, I'll accept it. Okay, that's not the issue. But I'd rather you were obedient to what God is saying. And before we take our offering in a short while, we're just going to pause for a moment and ask God just to put in our hearts if you weren't here. If you've been doing it all week, fine. Lord, what can I give? And maybe he will be stretching you. But listen, I want you to be obeying God when it comes to the house. No, God blesses obedience. In the New Testament, fill the water pots with water. And then the miracle of the wine came when they were obedient. Naming Dipped seven times in the Jordan, and he was healed. Give me those five loaves and two fishes, and when he gave them, there was a multitude fed and blessed because of it. Peter, throw your net to the right side of the boat, and there was a whole catch. Moses, put your rod over the sea, and it parted. Noah, build a boat, even though there's no need for it. Build a boat. Even though people might mock you, build a boat. Don't listen to the voices that say, you don't need to do that. You do what God tells you to do. And listen, if Noah hadn't built the boat, well, we wouldn't have been here. That's the bottom line. Everybody would have wiped out. Anyway, salvation came because he built the boat. Because he was obedient. Joshua marched around seven times and gave a shout. Then the walls collapsed when he was obedient. You've got walls in front of you. Listen, you're obedient. God will collapse the walls if you're obedient. For every one of us here, the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And when we take that step of obedience, and as Cathy said earlier, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your personal savior. You've maybe been to church. You've maybe been involved, but you've never took that step where you're obedient to Jesus Christ, when you never say, Jesus, come and be my savior, forgive me my sins. I want to tell you, the moment you do that, God comes, wipes your slate clean, forgives you, cleanses you, makes you a child of a loving God. But we need to take that step of obedience to what he's called us to do. 
Listen, obedience brings blessing. God asks you to do it, you do it. When God says do it, you do it. Listen, and sometimes God asks us to do things, and it might be difficult. It might be difficult. And I like the phraseology of this phrase here. It says, it says when God said to them, be obedient and start building again. Embrace my house again. Have a heart for my house again. It says they began to be obedient. They began to do what they should do. They began to do what God asked them to do. Listen, I believe God's asked us to do things. And today, it might be financial that God's asked you to give money. And you think, oh, how... I can't do that just now. We'll make a pledge and begin to do it over the year. I believe the people in here, there's at least some, one person in here that know that God has asked you, this is on my heart heavy this week, to reconcile with somebody and it's a difficult situation. And you said, I don't know how I can do that. Let me give you a hint. Just begin to pray for that person. Maybe you have to write them, but there's somebody in here, you know God's saying, to you and challenge you to reconcile with somebody and it's a difficult situation. And you said, I just, I don't know how to do it more. I want to tell you, see when you start by praying, that's the beginning of being obedient to what God wants you. And don't be praying, God, deal with that person. Start praying, God, bless that person. That's you should take a step. Maybe you feel God's calling you into some kind of ministry of some sort of, you don't know how it's going to work out full time, well, maybe start with a day. Maybe God wants you to work with kids or young people. Well, just start taking an interest in the young people and see what they like and see, just take steps. Maybe God's asking you to pray more than you've ever prayed and you think, oh, I couldn't pray. Maybe God, for instance, is asking you to pray for an hour and you say, oh, I can't pray an hour a day. Why don't you just pray five minutes more and then build up and build up till you get to an hour more? Why don't you just begin to obey what God is saying? Why don't you just begin to obey? Because when you begin to obey, God will step in. God's messenger came and says, this is what God says. They began to do it. They embraced God. They embraced the I am. Because he says, and see when you begin to obey me. And then he says, this, here's the word for them. Tell them this word, I'm with them. Listen, they've been on their own, their own priorities, their own ideas, their own problems. But the minute you begin to embrace me and obey my word and put me first, you find my presence. Your priorities, your problems, his priority, his presence. No one, I want his presence. I want in everything we do in your life to experience the presence of God. I want every meeting to experience the presence of God. And it will happen when we begin to embrace him and we come and we embrace his house and we embrace this is the home. This is where God comes to dwell when we're here. This is the place. Yes, he's living in us, but there's something special about the house that God is connected to as living stones. And when we have a heart for the house and say, Lord, we want your presence, it comes when we start embracing him and become obedient to what he says and we say, Lord, I've got a heart for your house. I've got a heart to build something. I've got a heart to build something great and see you do incredible things in this house. The band are going to come up just to encourage you. They're not going to play in them for the next 15 minutes, but I'm, no, they are. Embrace to accept something willingly and enthusiastically. But what was great here, it was not just the leaders. It says that the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people is there. What happened was that the Lord sparked their enthusiasm. 
Listen, as you're willing to embrace, obey, in the context of having a heart for the house and embrace God's house this morning. I love God's house. I love the church of Jesus Christ. I love the local church. I love and I have a heart for the house. I'll tell you, my friendships are in the house. The people who speak into my life the most and encourage me and build me up, the people I count my friends are in the house. The most significant moments of my life are in the, I've been in the house, are connected to the house of God. I love the house of God. I love, but maybe, maybe you've lost the love. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe stuff's happened and you've lost that passion, that zeal for the house. I believe God is saying to us, it's time to embrace, embrace the house of God again. You've been hurt, but you know what? Your scars will heal. Your scars will heal as you begin to embrace the heart and the house of God. And I want to end my prayer this morning is that God does what he done with his group here. When they say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to begin to obey and respond, God sparks something in them. God quickened them. God puts something within them and says, okay, I see your willingness. I'm going to come and help you. And I'm going to put in fresh enthusiasm and a fresh fire and a fresh zeal in you for the house of God if you're prepared to do that. If you're prepared to embrace the heart and the house of God in a fresh and a new way and give, and give whatever you can, and it's not just money, it's giving yourself to build up the house of God, to see his kingdom. And here it's a physical building. And with us, there's a physical building that we need to build up and do stuff with. We need to do stuff with physical buildings. We need to do something with the spiritual building, which is the people. But the plan and the heart for the house is God. We want to see your kingdom. We want to see your kingdom. We want to see your house in it excellence in shape. We want to bring honor and glory to you, and we want to embrace your heart and embrace your house again. And my prayer is that God sparks enthusiasm within us. They began to work in the house of God, and they finished it. I love it says, they're God. I'm glad he's not just God, but he's our God. He's the God of the house. It's all about him. It's his house, and we get to be part of his house. We get to be welcomed into the house of God. How incredible is that? That God welcomes us into his house. That God says, I love you. My door's open. I want you to come in. And not just visit, but I want you. It's a place for habitation where you can come and dwell in me. I believe this is a significant year. And I shared this at prayer meeting on Wednesday, that right the first Sunday of the year, I read a psalm, and part of it says, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. I'm believing that this year, God's going to crown this house with a bountiful harvest. And it's strange. Well, it's not strange, but I believe it starts when we begin to say, I'm going to embrace you and embrace the house. And I was speaking to a couple of pastors this week after I've been sharing that and both of them in different locations have been speaking over their house and believing God has said to them 
that this is a year of harvest. That's not coincidence. God's message is this is a year of harvest. He's going to crown the year of the bountiful harvest. But it's dependent on us responding and say, God, we're going to embrace you and embrace the house in a fresh and new way. I believe God's going to do great things. I believe it's not dependent on God. God basically to this group says, do you know why the problems are? Not because of me, but because of you and your lifestyle and your attitude. If you embrace me, if you pick me first, if you focus in my house and build in my house as opposed to just your house, then I'm going to do something incredible. You're going to complete the work you've started. Can we just stand for a moment? And we're just going to pray. We're not just going to pray, we're going to pray. My apologies. You know, for those who know the Bible, if you go on to chapter 2, this is what God says. You know, the silver and the gold's mine. And he says, I'm going to bring it from different nations. He says, the treasures of all nations are going to be brought to this temple. And I believe God's going to bring in money from outside here. But the right is, the silver and the gold's his. And everything we have, it's just because he's given us it. It's what our priorities with our money and what we do with it. Is it to build our houses? Or is it to build his house? To build his temple, to build his church, to build his kingdom. What's the priority this morning as we pray and ask God? Because listen, I'm speaking this over our house. Chapter 2, verse 9 goes on to say that the future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. I'm believing that the future glory of this house is going to be greater than anything that's happened before. I'm believing it, and I'm not just saying it because it's easy to say, but there's something right within me is believing the greater glory is still to come and visit this house. But it's not up to God, it's up to us and how we embrace him and embrace this house. Have you got a heart for the house this morning? Has zeal for God's house consumed you this morning? We're going to take a moment, Lord, I pray, Father God, Lord, that you'll just give us a, an attitude this morning that says we're going to embrace you and embrace your house in a fresh way. And for those who have maybe the, the passion has has dwindled the, the flame of, I used to love God, I used to love his house, but it's not quite there anymore. Lord, I pray this morning as we are willing to obey your word and say it's time to focus again in my house, that you will spark something within us, you will quicken something within us. Your spirit will come and just infuse us with a passion and a zeal to see your name glorified your kingdom extended, your name honored, a harvest of souls and great things and plans been accomplished and every dream and every goal that's been stopped halfway, you will fulfill and we will fulfill and see buildings change and transform, people change and transform, ministries flowing into being that have been stopped halfway, Lord, that families will be restored, Lord, we believe in, Lord, that this is a year where you're going to do great things as we embrace you and embrace your house in a fresh way. We're going to love your house. 
We're going to love the people in your house. We're going to love being involved in your house. We're going to love building your house in this community. And Father, we'll just take a few moments and I pray you'll just drop into each heart what you want us to share, what we want us to give into this heart for the house offering. Just as an expression that we are embracing your house in a fresh and a new way. I pray and just in these moments that you are by your spirit just dropping into hearts and spirits, Lord, how much of us over and our goal that, Lord, it's just that you've blessed us with it already. It's not ours, it's yours. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that as you do, that we will be obedient. Lord, I pray where it's hard, you'll give us the courage to follow through in obedience to what you are saying to just now. And Father, we just bring our offerings to you. We just bring our heart for the house offering. Lord, and we're focusing again and making our priorities, not houses, not homes. They're important, but above all, we're putting you first and putting your house above the rest. And Lord, we're contributing out of a heart, out of a willing heart. We're just going to give to you now in a fresh appreciation of you and your house that we see your name honoured, your kingdom extended, a church that the community can't do without, as we reach out and reach and spare, serve and equip. Lord, help us to love you and your house in good days and bad. And help us to be obedient right now to what you're saying. In a moment, the servers, we're just going to pass the baskets round. You'll have an envelope. If you need a pen to write what you're pledging, the stewards up the back, they'll get down, up and down the aisles, the steward, if you need a pen, just get a couple of you walk up and down with the pens in case people need pens, please. If you need a pen just to write something, just stick your hand up, you might not. If you want to just put money in your offering, if you want to just pledge for the year what you're putting, just write it down. If you can gift aid it, please gift aid it. Just put the details on. We're going to worship God as we, this is an act of worship. Anything we are giving to God is an act of worship. So we're going to sing and as the baskets come around, please put in your heart for the house offering that God is asking you to give. God bless you. You're the God of this city. You're the king of these people.